Bible. I want to teach the word. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Therefore, I care less this morning what the devil is saying, what my situation is saying. As I am. And I am ready for the word of God this morning to experience the touch of the living God in every aspect of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say amen. Take your seat and enjoy the presence of God. Amen. This morning, brethren, and I want to teach on a topic called the pressure that produces the precious. The pressure that produces the precious things. Paul says we are pressed, but we are not crushed. Pressure is one word in your Bible that does not appear as pressure. It's very rare to find the actual word pressure in your Bible, but it comes in forms such as pressed and press, and that means pressure that is being applied on us. One word that most of us don't want to hear. One word that most of us don't like, pressure. It is a tool that God uses to produce the best in us. And by definition, if I was to define what pressure is, in English you would find that it is the force applied to a unit surface area measured in pascals, if I was to speak in signs. Oh, it's so nice to speak without a microphone in your hands. Welcome to Shammai Ben Church. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. The force applied to a unit surface area measured in pascals. Or you can also say it's a force that compels. Or we can call pressure as an act of pressing. Somebody say the act of pressing. Such as the pressing of grapes. You call it the wine press for example. But I want to say to you that the most central symbol, symbol of our faith is a cross. And other, behind the cross, it's a place called Gethsemane. As we approach the Passover weekend, we will be talking about those terms and places and those messages. That behind our faith, our faith is predicated on the fact that there is a cross. In many churches in front, you will see a cross. On their logos, you will see a cross. In places, you will see a cross. And behind the cross was a place called Gethsemane. The Bible says he went there to pray and he began to sweat. And his sweat was almost like the blood. I mean droplets of blood. But the word Gethsemane means a place of wine press or oil press. Somebody say oil press. Jesus went into the pressing. And he was pressed to the limit of his life. And I want to remind you that the life of a Christian is a life of pressing. You better get familiar with the word press because it is the life of a Christian. Most precious things in this life come from pressure. If you didn't know, your vehicle itself moves forward because of pressure. It's called compression of the engine. There is compression within your engine that causes your vehicle to move forward. Without pressure, your vehicle will not move forward. But also, I want you to learn that on the surface, where the vehicle is running, there's what we call friction, which is also pressure created by your tires. Unless the road resists the movement of the car, the car will not have control. Try and drive your road on a muddy road, especially 
that is downhill and try and see what will happen to your car. All of a sudden, your car will not know how to move forward. The reason why your car is able to move forward is because the ground resists its movement. And because of the resistance, your car is able to move forward. Somebody say pressure. You also learn that grape produces wine. And unless grapes are pressed, there will never be wine. There will never be what we call grape juice. It comes through pressure. It comes through pressing. It comes through crushing. When grapes are pressed hard, the best things that are within grapes will come out and we have our wine. So is olive oil. Olive oil comes from olive trees. And there is never oil that will come out of an olive unless the olive has been pressed. The oil in you will never come out until there is some pressing. Even though we don't like to be pressed. But God is reminding you this morning that some of the pressures that come into your life, they produce the best out of you. Put heat on it, it will never pop. And some of us, until there is heat upon us, we will never pop to become the best that we need to become. Sometimes we need a bit of heat. Did you know that even your muscle will never grow unless pain is applied on it? Your muscle will never increase. The reason most of us don't have these big muscles is because we are scared of pain. The moment you feel the pain, you leave it. Or you only exercise until where you can tolerate the pain. You don't want to go beyond the pain level. And that is your limitation of growth. And God is saying this morning, you need to learn the power of pressure. Pressure is very important. As a matter of fact, some of us have gotten married because of pressure. Peer pressure. Or physiological pressure. That God has to get married. If there was no pressure, we would never marry. We would just leave alone. Pressure produces a lot of things. Amen. By the way, you must also be watchful of peer pressure. Do not do, not do certain things because they pressed you. But some of our friends have helped us. There are certain people, had it not been for your friend, you would not even have picked up that guy. I'm back to relationships. <laughs> And then, and then your friend, are, what's wrong with him, man? I don't see anything wrong with the guy. Give him a chance. Have you heard of that? And you actually ended up got, getting married because your friends pressurized you. But in the process, you actually liked what they came up with. Sometimes good friends will put you under pressure to perform at a certain level. And bring you to your destiny. But let me not get into that. In scripture you find words such as. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Will man give into your bosom. In Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure. Press it down. Somebody say press it down. You also find words in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8. Where Paul says we were pressed out of measure. I love that scripture. It says we were pressed out of measure. In other words, beyond our capacity, we were pressed. Above our strength, we were pressed. And that's the kind of God we serve. He will press you beyond your measure. He will press you beyond your strength. Because it's not about your strength. It's about the strength of God in you. 
And it's not about your comfort zone. It's about what God sees in you. Paul says we were pressed out of measure and we were pressed above our strength. Another verse, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8, he says, we are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Sometimes God will deliberately allow us to be in situations that make us uncomfortable and situations that are unbearable for the sake of our growth. These come to propel us forward and mostly in the direction of our destinies where God will make you uncomfortable for the sake of your growth. Like a baby in the womb. A baby, if it had his way or her way, a baby would stay in the womb forever because it is comfortable. Because there are no dangerous objects. Because there are no flying objects. It is very safe in the womb. And it's so scary for the baby to come out. When the baby come out, the light is too bright for her or his eyes. As a matter of fact, the baby does not know that these eyes can see until they're put in that bright light. But the baby is afraid to come out. If babies had their way, they would stay where they are staying. Just like an eaglet, if he, she had a way, she would stay in her mother's nest and never learn to fly. Because it is very scary for your mother to take you to the higher level and throw you into the air and let you fly on your own. It's the scariest thing that an eaglet can ever experience. But it is the only way that the eaglet will ever grow. When you're put through frightening situations... That challenge the potential that lies within you. Because as long as it's comfortable, you will never grow. As long as you're within your comfort zone, you will never come out and be something bigger than what you are. Let's read the word of God before you say, Pastor, what is the main text this morning? My, my main character of this teaching this morning is Moses. Somebody say Moses. 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 You know, Moses, Exodus chapter 2, verse 14 to 15. Let's read the word of God as the screen before you or on your device. Then he said, who made you a prince and a judge? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Moses, as we know, was raised in the house of Pharaoh. After the daughter of Pharaoh picked up Moses from the river. The mother of, Pharaoh, of Moses had hidden him. On the river because Pharaoh was killing all the babies, male babies of the time. And as he was picked up by Pharaoh's daughter, Moses was raised in the house of Pharaoh until he was 40 years old. And according to the book of Acts, the Bible says Moses was mighty in words and he was mighty in deeds. And he knew all the wisdom of the Egyptians. But at the age of 40, the Lord prompted in him a situation that will put him under pressure as we read in this particular scripture. Had it all been going good for Moses, he would, I mean, everything was going well for Moses except for his calling at this point in time. Everything was in order. Everything was okay for Moses. He had a nice life. He enjoyed the comfort that he had in the Egyptian's house. Everything was fine except for the very purpose for which he was raised. And the Bible says at the age of 40, Moses went out 
to see his brethren because he knew that he is not an Egyptian. He knew that even though I live with Egyptians, I enjoy the household of Pharaoh, but I am not an Egyptian. And he went out to see his brethren. And the Bible says on the first day, somebody say first day. As he gets out, he meets an Egyptian fighting a Hebrew. And as they were fighting, he begins to intervene. Pressure came upon Moses. Pressure to intervene. Because when you are a leader and you see a situation, a certain pressure will come upon you to intervene in a situation. Pressures will reveal who you are. Pressures will cause the things that are within you to come out. As he saw an Egyptian molesting a Hebrew, he couldn't stand it. That's pressure. And the Bible says he rescued the the Hebrew and he fought the Egyptian and killed the Egyptian and buried the Egyptian in a shallow grave. And he went home as if nothing happened. The leader in Moses came out that day. The following day, the Bible says he decided to go back again. And as he came... He found two Hebrews this time fighting. And this time there is no way he could intervene or separate them except to speak to them. And the Bible says he spoke to them and said, please don't fight. You are fellow brethren. And these are the words that they began to speak as you see on the main text. Who made you prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian?" And then Moses feared. Somebody say, and then Moses feared. He begins to realize that I'm no longer safe. He begins to realize that, hey, I am probably in trouble. And if I stay here, I will not survive. But also want you to know that what made Moses to intervene between the two brethren, it is because of the potential of a leader that was lying within him. And Moses all along, as long as he was within Pharaoh's house, they would never, he would never know that he is such a leader. He had to come out of his comfort zone to meet his brethren. And situations would raise the leader within him. Is somebody within me? Say, I mean, listen to me this morning. Say with me, within all of us lies a potential and abilities that only pressure can bring out. Only pressure can bring those things out. The other day, as I was about to drive into our offices, some years ago, five, six, eight, ten years, I see a dog. It's trying to climb a wall. For many times, I decided to park my car and watch the dog. So the dog tried to climb the wall. Many times, tried to climb the wall. Cannot, because of her body. She was quite heavy. She couldn't climb the wall. Kept on trying, couldn't. I decided to make an experiment. I decided to get out of my car and ran towards the dog. Guess what happened? Within seconds, the dog climbed the wall. What made the dog to climb the wall immediately? Fear. Adrenaline. That puts you in a flight mode all of a sudden. Because pressure will make you do things that ordinarily you wouldn't do. The dog felt under pressure. The dog felt unsafe. The dog felt that if I can keep on doing the way I'm doing, I will be killed. I rather use all my strength. And then immediately the dog jumped the wall. I hope you are not waiting like that dog. You're trying to climb this wall for so many years. But you are not because you are not applying enough pressure on yourself. You are too lenient on yourself. You are too safe on yourself. 
You want to be in the safe zone. As long as you are safe, you will never rise above your current circumstances. Some of us don't know that we can manage a company until we are thrown in a deep end. Some of us don't know that we can run a household until our parents die, all of them. And we become orphans all of a sudden. And all of a sudden you become a father and a mother even though you are just a child in the house. But the potential within you begins to rise. Some of us don't know that we can actually run a company until you are fired. From the job that you love so much. Until you have no options. Because that's what makes us pull the deepest ability within us when all options have been exhausted. Right now you have options. You can either wake up to go to work or not. Because your husband provides. And everything is nice. But until life presses you beyond your ability, I mean beyond your comfort zone, where you're called upon to rise up whether you like it or not, and you will never know. By the way, I have seen women who have all of a sudden found a driver's license because her husband has died. All along she was driven. She doesn't even bother to look for a driver's license until the husband dies. And all of a sudden she has to stand on her own. Pressure of life. And pressure of life will bring out the best things that are hiding. Am I teaching the word this morning? Therefore, from the killing of the Egyptian, we see a series of pressure events that follow Moses. The next day, as, as I've told you, you saw that Moses began to know that Pharaoh knows about this, that people know about this. And therefore, the pressure on Moses began to mount. And Moses feared for his life. And I want you to know that every time there is fear, fear is also called fright. Whenever there is a fright, we have two responses to fright. The first response to fright is flight, and the other response to fright is fight. So when we are frightened, we can either fight or fly away or flee. And Moses chose to flee for his life. Because every time you are faced with a situation, you have to defend yourself. And the power of defense comes from within as pressure amounts in your life. Is somebody following this? Therefore, Moses fled. I wanted to follow this. He fled to a random place, according to him. But that was not a random place. That was fleeing to his destination. In other words, had not been any pressure. Had there been no pressure on Moses, Moses would still be in Pharaoh's house. Until he killed an Egyptian. And pressure mounted on him to be arrested. And he fled but he was not fly, fleeing. He was actually going towards his destiny. Median represented a destiny for Moses. The place Median was not just a random place. That The Bible says he went there and sat by the well. By the way, at the well, Moses met his wife. Part of that destiny. He met his wife. So Median was, was not just a place, but it was a threshing floor for his destiny. The word median in your Bible also speaks about the son of Abraham. By the way, Abraham had two wives. After the death of Sarah, he married another woman called Keturah. And one of the sons of Keturah is called median. And therefore, when you see the word medianites in your Bible, these are not just people. These are children of Abraham. These are children of Abraham. Medianites were also children of Abraham. But these were people from the land of median. Is somebody following? So, Midian, other than just people, it's a place where Midianites came from. 
And Midianites was also a place of destiny helpers. Look at Genesis 37 verse 28. I want you to catch this. Genesis 37 28 says that as they pulled out Joseph, who was in the pit because his brothers put him in the pit, a group of people came by and their name were called Midianites. Another name were Ishmaelites, but read your Bible, it says Ishmaelites who were Midianites. Ishmaelites who were Midianites were used by God to transport Joseph to his dream. The brothers were selling him. And the brothers thought they are getting rid of him. They were actually propelling him to his destiny. Using the Midianites. The same Midianites that I'm talking about that were central in the calling of Moses. As he ran to Midianites, it was about his destiny. Therefore, the place Midian right now, spiritually, represents your destiny. And another name for Midian, by the way, another name for Midian is strife. Somebody say strife. Strife. Strife has a way of taking you to your destiny. Pressure and pain has a way of connecting you to your destiny. As they sold Joseph to the Midianites, they didn't know they are sending him to be Lord over Egypt. Moses, as he was running away as a fugitive from justice, he didn't know that he's actually running to meet God. He didn't know that he's going to be empowered by God where he's running to. And as long as Moses was within the house of Pharaoh, he would never hear the voice of God. He would never have the ability to fight. Because you cannot fight that which you are part of. You have to move out first in order to face what you want to face. And therefore, sometimes we run away. Am I still teaching or am I talking too much English? (laughs) Sometimes we run away towards our destinies without knowing. You thought you were running away from a marriage, but you were actually running towards your destiny. Sometimes we are too comfortable to move out of our comfort zone, and God will allow pressure to push us forward. We don't get to choose the battles that we are to face. If it was according to us, certain battles, we would never choose them. If it was according to us, certain struggles, we would never allow them our way. But God is the selector of our struggles. God is the chooser of the kind of battles he wants us to. I learned the other day that whenever I'm being trained, by the way, I have a personal trainer. Mama would have a personal trainer. I would refuse certain things this woman would tell me to do. She would tell me, lift. I said, no, 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 no. You are killing me. I can't do this. And Mama would say the same thing. As they were training her, you'd refuse to do certain things. And you realize, unless I listen to my personal trainer, I will never grow. Unless I listen to my personal trainer, I will never train my body. My body will do what it likes. And I will eat as much as I want. And my body will grow in the direction it wants. Until I listen to the instructions of my personal trainer. And your personal trainer will never train you to do things that are comfortable to you. They stretch you beyond your capacity. But you realize, wow, I can do this. I didn't know I can lift 20. And the next thing she takes you to 30. Next thing it takes you to 40. Next thing 50. And so, wow, is that me doing 40? But when you started with 10, you were grumbling. 
You said, I cannot do this. So is God with our lives. He chooses the struggles that we need to go through. He chooses the kind of battles that we go through. And they are not nice. But after the storm, we become better people. After the storm, we become more knowledgeable and more stronger. And let the Lord take you through certain things. Let the Lord allow you to go through certain pressures of life. For he knows what you are capable of carrying. You may not know it, but the Lord who is your trainer knows what you need. He knows what kind of struggles will make you a better person. Is somebody with me? God will not nurse you. God is not a father that nurses his children. Because as long as he nurses you, you will never grow. Therefore, he will allow you to go through frightening situations that are so painful. Sometimes I feel as a father, and as as I speak about my kids now and again, I feel that my kids, the way they grew up, because we were there for them, and now in my own life, there was no one there for me. So I learned how to struggle as a child. I learned how to cook as a child. I learned how to dress up on my own as a child. I learned how to go to school without anyone checking me on the road, without anyone fetching me from school, without even anyone feeding me. All of that made me independent as a child. And, I, on a lo- and along the way, I discovered God. And that it made even even worse and, and better and stronger because I even learned to rely on the voice of God and not any parent. Therefore, the struggles that I went through as a child made the person that I am. That there is nothing in this life that I'm afraid of. And I don't need anyone. The other day I learned as I needed a huge amount of money. Massive amount of money. I phoned everyone I know in my book. I phoned anyone that I have on my phone. And guess what? I mean, I mean, everyone on my phone, like from the biggest to the smallest, all of them say, we can't help you. And all along, I'm helping people. But there's no one who can help me. I realize I'm on my own. And then guess what? I heard a voice saying, you've been with me all along. You forgot to talk to me. You're talking to a lot of people. You're talking to your friends, you're talking to your brothers, you're talking. One man even said to me, and I'll never forget these words, how can an ocean come to a dam to ask for help? (laughs) And I said, Lord, am I an ocean? (laughs) To some people, I didn't know. But the Lord reminded me that when you were still a child, all you know was trusting me. And don't change. You are, I am all you have. There's no father to call. There's no mother to call. Instead, you are the father to so many. But when, whenever you face trouble, you have no father. You've got to call God. But I learned through these struggles, I became a powerful person. I became a strong person. I became a self-reliant person. Struggles can make you stronger. Struggles can stretch your capacity. Allow God to make you go through frightening situations. Because God will make you stronger. He says in second, am I still teaching? I read this scripture all on. For we would not, second Chronicles, Corinthians, sorry, verse one, I mean chapter one, verse eight. For we would not, brethren, have you have you ignorant for our trouble, 
which came to us in Asia, that when we were in Asia, we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life when we were in Asia. Paul says we were pressed out of measure. There are situations, child of God, that will press you out of measure. You even say, but Lord, have you forgotten about me? Lord, 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 but this is not my weight. Lord, this is not my kind of a struggle. Lord, this is too much for me. And he will say, I trust you. I have faith in you. How will I cross the river in front of me unless you take my hand and walk through this river with me? Right now I'm speaking to a child of God who's in this building and someone's listening online. You are facing a situation and you don't know how will you come out on the other side. God says, trust me. I've got your back. I am with you. I am holding your right hand. And I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Fear not for I am with you. David says, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You make a difference. Your presence is the difference. As long as the Lord is with you, it is well with you, child of God. You will come out stronger. You don't know how you will finish this year without a job. God says, I am with you. In the midst of being unemployed, study my word. Find more time in prayer. Begin to know me even more. Use this opportunity to find yourself. Perhaps the job was keeping you too busy for me. But this time, find more time for my presence. And you will know what I have planned for you in the process of time. In the process of time, everything begins to make sense. Right now, it may not make sense. But in the process of time, it will begin to make sense. And God will not forsake you. He is growing a better woman out of you. He is raising a strong man out of you. Go through your situation and you will come out stronger. In the name of Jesus. Is somebody hearing the word this morning? Paul says, therefore, let him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12 to 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to men. In other words, what you're going through today, other people have gone through it. Whatever pain you're carrying today, other people have carried that pain. Whatever disappointments you're facing today, other people have faced before. There is no such a thing that is uncommon. What you're going through, others have gone through and even worse. And they survived. And they came even with songs such as what a friend we have in Jesus. You know when that man wrote a a song says what a friend we have in Jesus. He had lost his wife. He had lost his only son on a shipwreck. And he was left with nothing as they were coming to see him on the other side of the ocean. And he began to write the song. What a friend we have in Jesus. He knows our pains. He knows our trials. He knows our subtlest of everything we go through. The tears that we shed in the middle of the night, Jesus sees them. 
The fears that we harbor within our hearts, Jesus sees them. The Bible says, but God is faithful. Someone say, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. He has waited. He trusts you. He believes in you. Even though Satan says, but this one is going to lose it. God says, I know he's going to make it. I have weighed him. I have faith in him. He can stand this temptation. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with temptation, with the temptation, he will also make a way. Somebody say, God will make a way. That you may be able to bear it. Somebody say, I will bear it. In the name of Jesus. Therefore, temptations are a form of pressure. But God has weighed them because he knows our capacity. And the bigger the test, the bigger the reward. The bigger your test, the bigger your reward. Therefore, allow God to put you through the tests of life because he knows you are capable of carrying what you are facing in your life. And God will in no time push you towards your destiny. Pressure has the ability to push us towards our destinies. As I move to conclusion, you look at the book of Acts. The Bible speaks about the church in Jerusalem. As Paul was persecuting the church. And the Bible says he obtained permission and letters of persecution of the church. And the brethren began to scatter out of persecution. Out of pain they began to scatter. Some went into Samaria. Some went into Philippi. Some went into other places. And as they were scattering the gospel was preached. It was not intentional, but it was a result of the scattering. Because the Bible says all things work together for good for them that love him. And are called according to his purpose. So the devil meant it for evil. But God turned it into good. As they were persecuting the church. And the saints began to scatter. And in the process of scattering, churches were planted. Churches were planted. You may be scattered right now, but God is planting you elsewhere. God is raising something out of you. It is the scattering that will cause you to grow. I will never forget many years ago, as we had our firstborn son, Muthuri, and as we were driving, I mean, pu- pushing me in a pram, getting out of one of the flats in town, I will never forget Jacob Mare and Prince Law Street. As we were getting out with my darling, beautiful wife, and my son was only one, one week or so old, or two weeks, or a few, a couple of months, as he was born. And as we get into the taxi, she got in with the baby, I give her the baby, but then I'm struggling to put together the prem. Taba eya prem, Pastor Kika. I prem, ebona Pastor Kika, yeah. Yeah, you're not taba eya prem. So I struggle, yeah, there's a prem right there. I struggled with the prayer. And the taxi driver got fed up. I said, And he was beginning to pull with my wife inside and I'm trying to... And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's get out. So I got my wife out. We had to get ourselves together. You know what? I got angry that day. I said to my wife, tomorrow. Somebody say, tomorrow. tomorrow. Tomorrow, when I wake up, I'm going to the nearest car dealer. Before that, I never knew I can afford a car. 
I never thought of a car. I didn't even bother about cars. But the taxi man, the Lord used the taxi man to put pressure on me. The following morning, I went to a garage and I said, I want this car. Guess what? The same day, the car was approved. And guess what? I've never had a single car repossessed all my life. But I never knew I can afford one. I never had the confidence within me. The taxi man helped me. Give God a praise for the taxi man who chased me out of his taxi. Sometimes they push us to our destinies. Without them knowing that they are helping us, they are pushing us to our destinies. Sometimes it's a course that you have failed at school after having given you all that leads you to a business idea that makes you rise higher. Sometimes it's a marriage that failed after you gave it all that leads you to a better marriage. Sometimes it's a bankruptcy of a business that helps you discover certain businesses that you never thought you can ever do. Sometimes it's a door that did not open that helped you to the correct door. Sometimes it's people who let us down and in the process we become better people. They help us to find out who we truly are. Pressures of life are very important. Do like the surfers of the ocean, the guys that use the pressure of the wave. Some of the people are scared of the wave at the ocean. As the wave is coming, they run away. But God says you must learn to ride on the wave. Let the wave propel you towards your destiny. Do not fight the wave. It is your transport towards your destiny. Somebody hear the word of the Lord this morning. The four lepers who were sitting outside the gate of Israel because they were called lepers, they were rejected. One day the Bible says hunger hit them. Sometimes some of the pressures we need is hunger. When hunger hits us hard enough, when hunger calls us home, when you feel if I don't do anything, I'm going to die. And the Bible says they were so hungry to a point where they said, if we sit here, we're going to die. And they asked themselves a question, why sit here until we die? And this morning I'm asking you, why sit where you are until you die? Perhaps the hunger is not enough. Perhaps the pain is not painful enough. Like one dog, they heard him growling the other day, growling and making noise. But what is wrong with this dog? But Unzi on top of speaking. And he's making noise. What is wrong with this dog? As the people are passing by, he's sitting on top of a nail. Paul, if he's sitting on top of a nail, why is he not getting up? And then somebody answered, because the nail is not painful enough. It's just painful to cause a groaning. But it's not painful enough to cause a rising. And some of us are tolerating certain things because they're not painful enough. Until God puts up big pressure on you where you realize you're wasting your life. As they were dropping Joseph, they thought they're throwing him away. But little did they know that they're helping him towards his destiny. And I love what Joseph says. He says, But as for you, my brothers, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for my good to bring to pass as it is this day to save so many people. As I close, I wanted to show you something with a balloon. I decided to do an experiment. Just give me one balloon. Would you, would you, okay, let me just hold one balloon. Hold the other one. Look at this balloon. It has no shape. 
You don't know how big it can... Can I have that music? You don't know how big it can grow. You don't know how high it can fly until certain pressures applied on it. For this balloon to realize its capacity, some pressure has to be applied on it. Can you kindly... I thought you would blow it because I want them to see the whole experiment that is on in front of the camera. As he blows it, what is that? Pressure. What is that? What is that? What is that? What is that? The balloon didn't know that it can grow this much. The balloon didn't know that it can have a round shape like it has. And also, the balloon doesn't know how high it can rise. Because as it is right now, as I drop the balloon, it goes down. But when I apply pressure on it, it begins to rise. Can it rise? Ah, it's a wrong balloon. I'm looking for one that can rise. I'm looking for one that can go higher. Can you let it go? There you go. But when you take the pressure out of the balloon, the balloon can never rise. And some of us are made like balloons. We don't know your shape. We don't know that you can even grow bigger. You look flimsy right now. Until pressure is applied into you. And we begin to see your real and your true shape. And your real and your true capacity. And not only that, we can even see how high you can rise. Because pressure has been applied on you. Somebody say, Lord, I want my portion of pressure. <laughs> My portion of pressure in Jesus' name. Let it be so in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Like they, as Israelites in Egypt, the more they pressed them, the more they grew. As I close, James 1, 2 to 4. My brethren, James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith will produce patience. But let the patience have its perfect work in your life. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. As Peter says also in 1 Peter chapter 2, 4 verse 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you. As though some strange thing has happened to you. Consider it joy. To be part of the sufferings of Christ Jesus. To be part of the kingdom of God. Consider it joy. Don't consider it strange. Don't think it strange. It is part of our heritage in Christ Jesus that we will be tried. We will be tested. But we will stand the test of time. For tough times never last. But tough people do. Somebody say, I am a tough person. I am tough in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. Thank you for listening to the word. If you don't mind, stand up on your feet. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. The word today, it is well with you. Can I have my strings, please, guys? I need those strings, please. I need those strings, sir. Thank you. Hallelujah. It is well with you.
It is well with your family. It is well with your future. You may be uncertain right now. You don't know what, what the future holds for you. You don't know where you're going to end 2021. Your job has been taken away. Your company has closed down. Things are challenging and they are tough right now because of the epidemic. But the word of the Lord is coming to you this morning. God is saying, fear not, I am with you. Fear not, I am with you. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. I will carry you through the waters. Though the waters may arise above your life, but they shall not flood you. It is well with you. It is well with you. And be strong in the Lord and do not despair. Do not lose hope. God has not forgotten you. The pressures that you are going through will yield a fruit and a fruit of your character. You shall be stronger after this in the name of Jesus. Begin to pray with me wherever you are. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Father, we bless you. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory. We thank you, Lord, that even though we go through the waters, the waters will not flood us away. Even though we go through the fire, the fire will not set us ablaze. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us. Your glory is with us. Your presence is with us. We will never know how much we will rise until we are tested. And thank you, Lord, for the trials. Thank you, Lord, for the challenges. Thank you, Lord, for the mountains. Thank you, Lord, for the valleys. Thank you, Lord, for the rivers. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us. We are coming out of this stronger. We are coming out of this mightier. We are coming out of this better people. In the mighty name of Jesus, it is well with us. It is well with our children. It is well with our families. It is well with our households. It is well with everything that concerns us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you praise, O oh God. We give you praise, O oh God. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. I know another door is about to open. I know another door is about to open. Some doors may have closed, but I know another door is opening. Some doors may have closed, but I know another door is opening. God is calling us to higher places, and our purpose is about to be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. We will not despair. We will not lose hope. We will not lose our courage. We know you are there for us. You are there with us. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of uncertainty, we know you're with us. You have gone before us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
praise. Amen. Offerings. 